This is Outcasting Overtime, a special feature from Outcasting, Public Radio's LGBTQ youth program. Outcasting is heard online at outcastingmedia.org, on iTunes, and on more than 50 public radio stations affiliated with the Pacifica Radio Network. Hi, I'm Nico, a youth participant in Outcasting's main studio in Westchester County, New York. On this edition, Outcaster Andrea talks about Matthew Shepard, who became a victim of a deadly assault because he was gay. His murder highlights a historic lack of legal protections for LGBTQ people. Andrea talks about how this injustice has partially been lessened by new laws and awareness, yet has also continued in many ways. In 1998, a 21-year-old openly gay college student named Matthew Shepard was kidnapped by two men his age. They drove him to an out-of-the-way part of town, punched him repeatedly, and hit him about 20 times with the butt of a pistol. They left him tied to a fence, unconscious and mangled, until he was found 18 hours later. He was brought to the hospital, and he died six days after the attack. Matthew Shepard's murder attracted enormous media attention because of suspicions that his sexuality was the motivation for the crime, particularly because his attackers repeatedly used anti-gay slurs throughout their confessions and testimony. The murder of Matthew Shepard is an example of a hate crime. The FBI defines a hate crime as a criminal offense against a person or property motivated in whole or in part by an offender's bias against race, religion, disability, sexual orientation, ethnicity, gender, or gender identity. It's important to note that simply hating someone is not illegal, as it falls within one's right to freedom of expression. But committing a crime based on hatred of a minority group is an act often meant to terrorize an entire community, and it's not protected free expression. It's a criminal action against a member of a group that's motivated by hate of that group. That makes it a hate crime, and the designation of a crime as a hate crime can increase the punishment or allow more resources to be provided for prosecution. At the time of Matthew Shepard's murder in 1998, there was no hate crime law in Wyoming, the state in which the crime occurred, so his attackers were not convicted of a hate crime. Additionally, federal hate crime law did not cover crimes motivated by sexual orientation. Additionally, federal hate crime law at the time did not cover crimes motivated by sexual orientation. As a result, when the local police department asked for resources from the federal government, the U.S. Department of Justice couldn't help. In 2009, President Obama signed the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act. It expanded federal hate crime law to include crimes motivated by sexual orientation or gender identity, and it altered the existing law to help the federal government better provide resources to address all hate crimes. If the law had been in place in 1998, the federal government would have been able to allocate resources to the prosecution of Matthew Shepard's murderers. Part of the rationale behind hate crime laws protecting LGBTQ people is that we are statistically much more likely to become victims. Perhaps one of the most disturbing statistics is that about half of all transgender people and bisexual women experience sexual assault at some point in their lifetimes. People who are members of multiple minority groups are at the highest risk. According to the National Coalition of Anti-Violence Programs, about 62% of all LGBTQ homicide victims are people of color. Many minority groupings come with an increased risk of being a crime victim, and hate crime laws can increase punishment for crimes motivated by prejudice against these minorities, hopefully as a deterrent. Unfortunately, hate crimes in America are not uncommon, especially against LGBTQ people. 
According to a study by the Pew Research Center, LGBTQ people are the most likely minority group to be targeted by hate crimes, about twice as likely as black people. It gets worse. According to the National Coalition on Anti-Violence Report, there was a record number of anti-LGBTQ homicides in 2017. Experts believe that a major cause of this increase is that society is becoming more accepting of people's differences. Because of this, those who are against LGBTQ people might feel marginalized and are therefore more likely to commit violent crimes against them. While these statistics provide some perspective on the occurrence of hate crimes in the United States, they do not paint the complete picture. It is likely that hundreds, if not thousands, of hate crimes go unreported each year. People may be afraid of outing themselves by reporting these crimes, and even when they are reported, many local jurisdictions may not consider them hate crimes, so they pass unnoticed. The crime and discrimination LGBTQ people face is serious. Homophobic and transphobic crime increases the marginalization and fear that LGBTQ people may feel about being open about themselves, not to mention the lives it takes and the harm that it does to the well-being of the LGBTQ community and the people in it. As of January 2018, all but four of the U.S. states have hate crime laws. Of those, only 30 states cover crimes motivated by sexual orientation, and only 17 states cover crimes motivated by gender identity. Increased hate crime protections would help bring justice against discriminatory crime, help prevent it from occurring, and help make all LGBTQ people safer. The Matthew Shepard murder happened before I was born, but it's disheartening that violent crimes against LGBTQ people are as much of an issue today as they were then, despite the incredible progress that we've made in many other areas. Despite all of the ways in which we are safer now than we were years ago, Acts of terror against our community make every one of us think that could be me. It raises questions about the safety of coming out, of being open about who we are, of simply walking down the street or going to a gay bar or coffee house or bookstore. For many LGBTQ people, the balance of how open to be is a difficult one. Fear of facing violence pushes that balance more towards the side of being afraid to say certain things, wear certain things, or go certain places that could let people know that we're LGBTQ. For a community that has fought so hard for the right to be open about who we are, more stress and fear about whether it's safe is the last thing we need. Thanks for listening to Outcasting Overtime, a special feature from Outcasting, Public Radio's LGBTQ youth program. Outcasting is heard online at outcastingmedia.org, on iTunes, and on more than 50 public radio stations around the country. Outcasting Overtime is a production of Media for the Public Good, a nonprofit organization. Our assistant producers are Alex Mintz and Josh Valley, and our executive producer is Mark Sophos. Visit us at outcastingmedia.org to get information about outcasting, make your tax-deductible donation, watch outcasting videos, access our social media links, and listen to outcasting and outcasting overtime. Thanks, and thanks for listening.